Welcome to Support for Survivors, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse. Each person's journey is unique. Our goal is to connect survivors to resources along the way on their path to healing. Our host, Shaughnessy Terrell, is a member of Cohen and Malad's sexual abuse litigation team and a former deputy prosecuting attorney who has tried hundreds of cases against sexual predators. We are here to help survivors get access to justice. Join us on this journey. Here is Support for Survivors. Hello, welcome to Support for Survivors. This is your host, Shaughnessy Terrell. I'm joined today by producer Jamie. We are recording on a Friday and it is freaking frozen outside and I'm over it. <laughs> Jamie, TGIF, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Cold, but you know, we're here. Okay, Jamie, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Are you ready? Yeah. The good news is that Brad Edwards, our guest originally scheduled for today's episode, continues to be a BAMF. That's B-A-M-F. I'm not going to spell out what that actually means people can google it because i'll probably get in trouble if i say it but you know suffice it to say he's awesome and he still represents dozens of epstein survivors uh beyond that he has a thriving practice in fact he just tried a case i think last week i think it took two weeks during covid uh he's got this new book speaking engagements across the country and just like we are here in indiana he is helping to advocate for changes in the statute of limitations in his home state of florida so nothing seems to slow this man down. He is one busy guy. Now, the bad news is that he is one busy guy. And so despite trying for the last few weeks to get our schedules aligned, so his episode could air today, we just couldn't get it done. So what we're going to do today instead is give folks a sneak peek into his book and the story he has to share so that when his episode is able to air, people will be ready and can submit some questions beforehand. Do you want to get into it? Talk a little bit about Brad's book. We've both read it. You ready? Yes, let's do this. All right. So Brad's book is called Relentless Pursuit, My Fight for the Victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Now, he wrote the book with the help of one of his law partners, Brittany Henderson. Anytime you see footage on TV or you listen to any of the interviews, Brittany's always there with Brad. And Brad's been with these victims, you know, started with the first one since 2008. And Brittany has been right there with him for um, many years since. And I've actually heard them speak a few times at national conferences. And it really does seem like they make a really good team. I think that they have different strengths, just like, you know, any good team does and they complement each other and they're able to really provide victims with a well-rounded representation. And so it seems like they just really go well together. And so the book, it starts out with details from when Brad first got involved back in 2008 up until the time of publication. So it details when Courtney Wilde first walks into his office and that's kind of how it seemed to go down. She just walks into his office. It was a referral from his mom's boss actually and you know he said it was is a wild story so to speak and it's it seemed kind of nuts but he thought it was just going to be a short meeting and ended up being a longer meeting and then even after he heard all of it and knew that this was just a big thing going on he thought no big deal i'm going to call the assistant united states attorney get kind of a status update from her let courtney know what's going on and that'll be it i'm done well, that was 2008. And here we are in 2021. And he's not done. And I think he actually even said then that that was the first time he was wrong, but it certainly wouldn't be the last when it came to Epstein. Yes, he did mention that several times. And I have to say, it's an interesting contrast 
Brad's book versus James Patterson's book, because when I read James Patterson's book, it's more about the accounts of the criminal charges against Jeffrey Epstein for everything that he did. But Brad's book is more about the civil side because right. that's what he handled. And so I'm obviously not a lawyer. I do marketing for the law firm. And in the past nine plus years that I've worked at the law firm, I've had a really interesting glimpse into the lives of attorneys mm -hmm. while they're handling cases. <laughs> and that's one of the things I really enjoyed about Brad's book is that it's very much like walking you through his life as he's helping these survivors. And, you know, even when he started with that first introduction to when he met Courtney, mm -hmm. you know, he, he says in there, you know, like, here I am 32 years old, just started um, my own, you know, my own law firm. And on Friday the 13th, I get this call from my mom's boss that says, yeah, you know, right here's this person who needs some help. Hey, can you help her? And of course he's going to do it. You know, I right. think that a lot of attorneys, especially if they're starting their first practice, I mean, I'm not going to say they'll take anything that comes in their door, but you know, you're willing to sift through whatever cases are necessary to help people that need help. And so I don't think that he had any inclination as to what, who was actually walking in his door, what he was going to do. And just like you said, he thought he was going to make a phone call or two and be like, all right, cool. There you go. Mm -hmm. And instead stumbled onto something. Whoa. That was huge. Yeah. There's no way. I don't care how long you've been an attorney. You could not have known when that person walked in your door that this was going to turn into what it turned into. I mean, it already was what it was, but I love that point because he does like, this is definitely more focused on the civil aspect of things, but he does such a good job of talking about who he is. And I think that that is really important to set the stage to see why he has stuck through this through all these years, because this is a long, he's been involved in this for longer than a decade. And as we'll talk about here in a minute, like this completely permeated his life, because as we talked about last time on our first Epstein episode, he, he didn't do whatever it takes, like whatever he had to do, he would try to do it. He would employ any kind of tactics and it would start out nicely, sort of, I guess. And then it would just get worse and worse. And so he wanted to intimidate anyone he could. And so it was just the same with the, in the Patterson book, you hear that he did that kind of stuff with the law enforcement officers. We did it to Brad too. And he was trying to do whatever he could to intimidate Brad into giving up essentially. And that's why I like that Brad talks about like kind of his upbringing a little bit and who he was as a person, which is what made him who he is as an attorney. And then because of that, why he had this drive and this commitment to doing right by all of these women. And he did. And thank God that he did. Because had he not, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about this today because you and I would never have heard of Jeffrey Epstein. I firmly believe that. You know, we'll have a episode published later this year with someone who was involved with the Nasser case. And I remember him saying that if any one person in this line, uh, in this chain, didn't do what they did, we wouldn't have known about it. And that is so true here, too. If the officers hadn't done what they had done, then we wouldn't know about this. If Brett Edwards hadn't done what he had done, we wouldn't know about this. It took them. I mean, those guys are really the champions of this case, in my opinion. And if it hadn't been for them, nobody would even know that. He, I think he'd still be in freaking Palm Beach getting massages from little girls. Yes, most likely. So it's cool because he kind of talks about who he is, where he came from, and then he jumps right into it and starts talking about Epstein. And it's really remarkable to hear him talk about their face-to-face -face interactions and their phone calls, of which there are many. 
over the course of these years. And then it became, he compares it to chess and it is, it's like a game of chess. It's all strategic. And, you know, to some extent, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that Brad felt like any of this was fun, but I think that maybe the intellectual competition was fulfilling to some extent professionally. I'm not saying that he is glad that any of this happened because I don't think that he is obviously, but this was a formidable opponent. By all accounts, Jeffrey Epstein was very, very, very intelligent. Mm -hmm. And he would employ all of these tactics. And it started from the first time he had ever even met him. Brad comments in the book that when he was first taking his deposition, that, you know, he was really wanted it to start it out on his own terms. He was going to fly under the radar thinking that that would be good because he he knew that Jeffrey Epstein was always very um, well informed on his opponents and what they brought to the table. And he's like, okay, I've got my strategy down here. And then he goes to the deposition, walks off the elevator, and there he is standing right there and reaches his hand out to shake his hand. And so immediately Jeffrey Epstein has determined how things are going to go. Like they started off on his terms and Brad was like, damn it, that's not how I wanted to start things out. And then, you know, I'm not going to give any of the details, but as the deposition went on, I think that Brad switched that momentum back to his own and asked some things that got under Jeffrey Epstein's skin. And then because of that, I think that he, he, I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's a win or a lose, but he definitely came out of that deposition. I think ahead of where he had been before Brad did. And so that just starts it off. And then he details all of these crazy ass things that happened over the next several years. And they are crazy. I mean, if you didn't know that they were true, you would read this and be like, if I saw this in a movie, I'd be like, that's so unrealistic. Yes. <laughs> it's all true. All that happened. You know, it has everything that makes for a really interesting movie. It has famous people. As we all know, Jeffrey Epstein was linked to many, many high profile individuals. And Brad talks a lot about trying to get some of these people deposed and how many of them were successful in not being deposed and how he did talk to some of them. He has a a lot of detail about talking to Donald Trump. Donald Trump was one of the only people who spoke openly with him about what he knew about Jeffrey Epstein. And most other people just would not talk to him at all, including Bill Clinton. And so I found that to be really interesting and really interesting that no one wanted to be involved with it at all. Like wouldn't get involved. Like why, why don't you, if you, Oh, this guy I used to hang out with, I heard that he is a child predator. Yeah. Come ask me questions. I, whatever I can do to help. Right. Uh-uh. No, not these guys. Yeah. And isn't it true? I thought I read in the book that when he asked to depose Donald Trump, that one of Donald's attorneys actually reached out to him and said, you know what? It doesn't need to be a deposition. He's happy to just speak with you. Yeah. yeah so they actually just had conversations mm-hmm. and didn't require the whole formal process of it because he was that forthright, open and forthright to talk about it. Which, in my humble opinion, could possibly also been very strategic and manipulative on that part of them. But we're not here to talk about that. Yeah, really interesting. I really I enjoyed reading that level of detail about that conversation he had or two conversations, actually, with Donald Trump and all of the chaos that ensued when he was trying to get other people deposed, trying to get Ghislaine deposed. So, you know, he's going through all of these the normal things in a civil suit. Brad is on behalf of his clients trying to get all this done. Going back to what we talked about before, he was trying to get that agreement invalidated, essentially, that non-prosecution agreement from when the U.S. Attorney's Office really screwed over all the victims and the police officers, too, essentially. And he, you know, he was doing what you normally do. And so, as we've talked about a hundred times, Epstein is or was a master at figuring out how to delay things, how to 
intimidate people, how to threaten people. And so what did he do? He sued him. <laughs> he sued Brad. He sued some of the victims. He sued Brad. And so then, of course, that started just a nightmare series of litigation that Brad had to deal with, which obviously took their attention away from the original cause. So again, it was Jeffrey Epstein doing what he could do to try to intimidate this person into giving up and just letting it go. And I get the idea that it had the opposite effect on Brad, that instead of being like, okay, it's time to give, it made him even more like, F you, man, we're not giving up. Like, I think it kind of added, it gave him more motivation. He was like, no, you're a bully. You are a predator. You hurt people. And just because you are trying to use these tactics with me, I am not giving up. In fact, I am going full force now. What I thought was interesting about a lot of that too in this book, again, from the non-lawyer perspective, (laughs) is that I see as Brad's going through some of these challenges, the legal community, no matter where it's at, is really small. Mm. And so a lot of his peers knew, they heard what was going on in this and they reached out to him because Mm. they had maybe a little bit more expertise in a particular area and said, hey, listen, I know that this is going on. Let me help you. Yeah, I love that. And and I just think that's really cool. I enjoyed seeing that. Like, I know for a fact that I see that even at our firm on various cases that our lawyers have been handling, but it was neat that Brad wrote that because I don't, that's something that if you're not in this industry, you're Mm -hmm. just not aware of that happening. Oh yeah, for sure. I can tell you what, especially as a young attorney, if I hadn't had those people with more experience and that wasn't really Brad's experience necessarily here because he'd been a lawyer for quite a while, but if I hadn't had the older attorneys willing to come in and help me on things when I was a young attorney, oh my God, I don't know what the hell I would have done. I, you know, you know what the hell you're doing and you rely so much on the generosity of those people who have been through these things to come in and help you. It is so important. We actually talked about this the other day in terms of COVID, like ever, a lot of firms, I think are going to go more of a remote basis because they realize we can do this from home and it's, we still do really well. And I'm like, what about collaboration though? I worry about those young attorneys because literally I would get back from court and I would just walk down the hallway and be like, Oh my God, you're never freaking going to believe that happened today. <laughs> and they would be like, well, I will believe it. But, and then they'd be like, okay, I had something like this happen. Here's what I did. And you're like, Oh, thank God. Or, you know, th- just like that all of the time. And it made a huge difference. So those other attorneys coming in and being like, you know what, that's not right. And I'm here for you. It's so, so, so valuable. And you know, this went on forever, years. I think, you know, he was doing his best to try to take attention away from that case that was revolving around the CVRA. It was a brilliant move. Frankly, I'm not saying that it was ethical because I think that it was anything but because it was complete bullshit, but it worked for a long time. And, you know, and his attorneys got hit on it too. There ended up being litigation with Alan Dershowitz, who is a very famous criminal defense attorney. He worked on the OJ case. He worked on, what was that guy's name? Klaus von Bülow or whatever. He got his conviction for murdering his wife overturned. So and he's a Harvard law professor, very um, notorious, we'll say. He went on television, just completely lambasting Brad and Paul Cassell, who was the attorney helping Brad out a lot of this. One of the ones that you said, like kind of called him out of the blue. And Brad was like, thank God, because he knew, you know, he's just a phenomenal jurist. But it's crazy, like truly, truth is stranger than fiction in this book. You wouldn't, I just couldn't believe that any of this ever happened. And it did. 
And it's still happening, frankly. It's not over yet. Even though Jeffrey Epstein is dead, it's still not over. And Brad is still fighting on behalf of all of these victims. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, it was kind of neat that he provided some of these personal details and talked about how it affected his life. And he talked a little bit about how it affected his family. He mentions his wife, Terry, in the book, along with his children. And that's one of the things I'm looking forward to having him come on a future episode and talk to us and just explain a little bit more how his legal work was impacting his family life. Because without that kind of support structure at home, I think it just makes things really difficult. And I I would love to hear his perspective and any comments he would like to share that maybe his wife had shared with him throughout that entire ordeal and as it continues, because the thing to remember is that Brad Edwards isn't just only handling this Epstein case, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. he's a regular attorney that has a regular practice and has other clients that he's also trying to help. So when you think about the toll that that takes on someone in trying to keep all that going, that's a lot. And, and that's what I'm hoping that we can hear from him is also a little bit of that perspective. As much as I enjoy, and I think it's important to talk about this case and the civil aspect of it, I think you, you just can't do that without finding out more about the person who's really leading that charge on behalf of these survivors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The toll that this takes on people's families, I think we don't think about necessarily sometimes because it does. You can tell how committed to these victims he's been for the entirety of it and when they went after him personally it's not going to just affect him it's going to affect his wife and his children and maybe even the rest of his family and that's it's a very important point and something that we all have to consider when we consider even the toll that this kind of work takes on any person who is working to try to help make things better for victims and it's very important that we think about that and we digest it and figure out how we're all doing right by each other too and just hearing, you know, like we talked about before, his thoughts and feelings while these things are happening, it's going to be really cool to get all that information from him. The other thing that was really neat, I thought, is the level of detail that he gave as to his personal interactions with Jeffrey Epstein, of which there were many phone calls, meetings at Starbucks, all of this litigation with him and how it ultimately ended, because it did before Jeffrey Epstein's death. The civil litigation between he and Jeffrey Epstein did end. And I'm not going to tell everybody how it ended because I want them to read the book and learn about that themselves and have him tell us about it when he's on the show. So it's very interesting, though. And the way it ends, he talks about this one meeting at the Starbucks again. And it's really, really interesting to hear about um, his perspective and how that went down. So, yeah, like it's it's a really cool book. I want everybody to go out and read it. Again, it's called Relentless Pursuit, My Fight for the Victims of Jeffrey Epstein. It is available on Amazon. I'm sure it's available other places too, but I don't know what they are. Um, <laughs> we'll put them in the show notes if we can find them. But yeah, please everybody go out and read that so that everybody knows what's going on when Brad does come on the show. He's a really gifted speaker. He's super charismatic and super fun to talk to and just to listen to, honestly as he tells the story. So with that, I think that I'm good on making any any points on the book. Jamie, do you have any other points you want to make before we sign off for today? No, I think that's good. I'm looking forward to talking with Brad. Me too. 
Okay. Well, everybody, again, go get the book and definitely tune in when Brad's on the show because I guarantee it will be interesting and you will not be disappointed. But until then, please submit any questions or requests for guests at supportforsurvivors.com. Also, please read the book, send questions in so that when he does come, we can have some of those questions queued up and ready to go. And as always, thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. Please keep tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye.